0: Dominus patris et Spiritus sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, Gracia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu emuliarbus,
1: mulieribus. Et Benedictus fructus ventris tui, iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Dominus patris
0: et Spiritus sancti. Amen. Brethren in Christ, laudate Jesus Christus. In secula. This is Timothy Flanders, meaning if Catholic. Jesus is King. This is the Terror of Demons morning show with Kennedy Hall, the author. Kennedy,
1: how you doing, brother? As always, I'm living the dream, Tim.
0: As always. Excellent.
1: The dream is still alive in Canada. It is. When's the election? Uh, the election is on Monday. <clears throat> so a week. A
0: week? All right.
1: We have early voting. How's it looking? So surprising and weird and no one knows. It, uh it's, yeah, it's just uh, the People's Party of Canada, which is the one I'm advocating for. They're basically a uh, libertarian-ish party. I know that makes a lot of people cringe, but uh, in the context of living under Marxism, libertari- <laughs> libertarianism is kind of a paradigm. Yeah, I'll
0: take the libertarians any day.
1: <laughs> well, Honestly. This,
0: is like, this is the hope for North America, because uh, obviously the United States has a, had a fair and free election in which uh, the Marxists took over. Mexico just uh, legalized the unborn Holocaust and Canada yeah, yeah. is the one last hope for North America.
1: Yeah, so, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's all, it's free. So basically we have a multi-party system and uh, it's good and bad. The, the good thing is, is that obviously there's other options. The bad thing is, is that uh, it's hard to, you can you, people that are like-minded generally speaking might split the vote they say so you might have like three conservative conservative ish options is it better to be in the same party or not to be honest now they're just uh, the conservatives are just so awful uh that uh, there's just no point in voting for them in my opinion Uh so I don't see an issue with it Uh but the interesting thing is there's this party and Basically, they were an upstart. They uh, had no chance, Snowball's chance in hell last election. They got like 300,000 votes In, in put in context. Justin Trudeau won the election with six and a half million votes or something. He got a minority government. Canada's 10 times less people than the States. Actually, the Conservatives had a higher uh, popular vote last time, but not as many ridings or districts, right? And uh, anyway, so... But the party is easily ten times as popular this time. This People's Party, because basically they're an anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine, passport party. That's basically. I mean, they have more than more than that, but because they're very freedom-oriented, that didn't really resonate with people two years ago because they thought they had freedom. Um, now it's like, yeah, we don't have any of that, so we should probably get some. And uh, so they have they have, in my opinion, actually interesting positions on immigration and and uh, economy and. And they want to repeal like the Multiculturalism Act, uh, just because it's it's led to basically critical race theory and all that. They just they're very common sense, in my opinion. Um, yeah, however, I,
0: I forgot to mention the the Republic of Texas, also a, yes. uh, a shiny hope, as long as they become the Republic of Ch- Texas. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. they'll get uh, struck down by the uh Marxist government in Washington, but we'll see.
1: We'll see. Um, also, though, what's been cool to see with the states is this you know pronouncement from biden it's bad but there's like 25 states already that say yeah not gonna happen." Yeah, the vaccine and mandate and there, there a lot of the different states are saying yeah well let's 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 talk about that because that's not really a thing which is nice to see i don't know I, people can be pretty pessimistic i uh maybe it's because i live in the marxist utopia of trudeau that i try to be po- po- positive just for self-preservation and um to be honest i mean i'm glad to see biden showing his true colors i'm glad to see it um, uh, because it's forcing a lot of squishy Republican states to actually say, hmm, are we going to fully concede or are we going to actually stand up for something? And so far, I mean, coming out and saying we're going to resist this, that's better than they usually do. So if they didn't do that with the lockdowns. At least they're doing it with this. Everyone everyone has their line in the sand, you know? So we see this in the church, too, like, you know, with the uh, society chapel in school. Uh, a lot of people decided to go when the when the uh, Catholic school boards decided to raise the uh, rainbow flag, you know? So it's just sort of, everyone has their line. You'd like people, you know, you th- you'd think you should probably wake up sooner. It is what it is, and people are now. Why don't you put, I'm going to run and grab my different camera. This is driving me nuts, and it's going to drive, drive sure. the viewers nuts. So you just, sure. I'll just exit this for half a second. And I'll be back in like a couple of oh, minutes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, we are going to, uh, I just want to send Father Thomas a, text or a, um, link there, uh, for father Thomas, there is a, uh, link for spiritual warfare, the question in the chat. Uh, but this Thursday, we're going to have our patron only show. We're going to be talking about the political situation in the United States and elsewhere regarding the vaccine mandate. We're going to be helping trying to work on building this community. We're trying to use the internet to its fullest extent, building the community of Catholics working through the lockdown. Uh, We've already been helping people connect with others in other states for trying to get other jobs when your job is threatened. Uh, We have connections in the, uh, we know two people who live in the vicinity of Our Lady of Clear Creek in Oklahoma. And that's been uh, a location that some people have wanted to uh, move to. Uh, Yeah, one of our patrons actually just moved to that, that, that area. And we have a number of cops and veterans on the, uh, who are patrons, who are um, working together to um, figure out if there's anything we can do for each other. Um, if anybody can, uh, Snowy Skyler says, I can't afford to be a patron. If you can't afford to be a patron, uh, we can certainly still help whatever we can do. Uh, send me a contact, meaning if Catholic slash contact. Uh, send me a contact and I can try to connect you with anybody um, who can uh, help you out with anything we can basically. Um, so the patron only stream happens this Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. that's with me and Jeremiah. Uh, we do have one of our patrons actually um, Kennedy Kennedy let's see if Kennedy's ready.
1: Are you good? Yeah. That's better. That camera's way better.
0: Okay, so yeah, we have one of our one of our patrons. Actually, one of my good friends uh, is a restaurant. Um, he's the not the general manager, but he's the above the general manager. He actually manages uh, like a restaurant chain, like four different restaurants. And he has been actually resisting these lockdown and mandates with the state mm. government. And so we'll we'll talk to him uh, eventually, also on this patron only stream. Uh, His wife's about to have a baby, so we'll, uh, whenever he's ready for that. But that'll be an interesting conversation because they've already decided to resist the uh, vaccine, the federal vaccine mandate. Hmm. Um, So it'll be interesting to to see, um, talk more about that. But anyway, so this Thursday, 9 a.m., that's going to be the patron-only stream, uh, talking about politics with Jeremiah, all sorts of fun stuff with that. Um, going into more detail about the federal lockdowns or the federal uh, magazine mandates. And then in one week, we'll have Michael Lofton, myself and Michael Lofton will disagree about the Latin Mass. Does the Pope have the authority to uh, abolish the Latin Mass? That'll be one week from today, uh, September 20th in the evening. And stay tuned for Vonday Radio. We'll have um, some collaborations with them coming out soon as well. So um, what what week is it? Let's see. It's the 16th week after Pentecost. Yesterday was the Feast of the Most Holy Name of Mary, a great feast of the church, uh, which was, in fact, it was abolished by the Novus Ordo, and then it was put back into the Novus Ordo by the Polish Pope John Paul II um and this because it's a big polish feast the holy name of mary because king john sobieski came and uh, decimated the Mohammedans in 1683 at vienna the second siege of vienna which was really the last stand for the Mohammedans after a thousand plus years of decimating and destroying christendom that was really the after 1700 the Mohammedan threat really declines but then it gets reborn by uh, Western powers actually help restore Islam to its threat as it is yep. today. Uh, so the Western powers helped to fund the Wahhab movement in Saudi Arabia to it as it is today. And if you can read about both of those stories at one Peter five, uh, we've got a great article from Peter Dabrov- Uh He's a it's a pole living in uh, Krakow. It sounds Irish. Uh, yes, he sounds qu- quite Irish, Dobrovsky, indeed. Uh so yeah, he he had he had a, a lot of uh, interesting uh, historical details in that article that I didn't know about the feast. It was great um that he 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 had some uh translations from a Polish and whatnot. So um the feast of our lady of uh the, the holy name of Mary September 12th. Um and this week, which is the subject of our conversation very much, is the exaltation of the holy cross mm. tomorrow and we also have our lady of sorrows on wednesday we stay tuned for another in the series at one peter five forgotten customs of the exaltation of the holy cross uh that's coming this uh later today actually um and uh what's happening this week for you kennedy in
1: terms of crusade channel or what else that well, crusade channel keeps plugging along it's um this whole I mean this whole last eighteen months has been for talk radio guys is like a gift that keeps on giving. I mean I I think your I think your mic is not
0: turned on. Oh whoopsie daisy. Your uh yeah, hold on. high quality, your high five your low five mic is on. Yeah. There Let's you see.
1: Go. That's better. Oh there we go. Yep. Go ahead. Well, this low. last eighteen months has been like the gift that keeps on giving for radio guys. I mean uh, what, what is there not to talk about every day? There's some sort of, uh, aspect of cultural revolution or something going on. So, uh, the whole Biden thing has made lots to talk about. Um, to be honest, I try to be positive on my show, partly cause it's a show at the end of the day. So you got to end the day in a good note. If you're going to go home after work, you better walk in, you better walk in, your house in a good mood. Otherwise your wife's going to be upset. And, um, so we try to highlight how people can resist these things going on and there is a lot out there for resistance we just put out two resources at Lifesite. i'll uh, after i'm uh, in a minute i'll I'll link to them in the in the chat and then you can put them in the the show notes or something but um we have a resource uh, for canadians it's basically called how to resist vaccine mandates and it's uh i did it myself uh collaboration with some of my uh, my colleagues obviously but i put it together and And uh, I basically went through every single possible resource available to help Canadians resist legally uh, the mandates. And they've actually proven to be very helpful for people uh, for on the one for one reason, not only because uh, the actual documentation is there, but also information is power. You know, so, for example, you know, I got a friend who's a good guy, has a great job, but it's just a secular job. And he was basically asked to be a part of. I'll try to keep it as anonymous as possible Has to be a part of um, making sure that uh, vendors at this organization that you, that rent the space are going to be vaccinated. Okay. That's not a mandate from the government or anything. It's just sort of the board of this organization wanted this to happen. Now, a friend of mine, he's like-minded guy. He's traditional Catholic. He's just not going to do this thing you know, for for his own reasons, Uh, but it's a great job. And it is like, it's an actual good job. I mean, like this is the thing about this whole vaccination stuff is um it's such tricky water for people because obviously a lot of people like we have that we had that doctor on last year he's a faithful catholic he's a pro-life guy but his personal medical opinion is that vaccinations are generally speaking a good thing i don't know what he thinks about this one but the point is that's his trajectory how he thinks about things fair enough that's his thoughts that's fine up to him um People have different opinions about that. It's a debatable matter. This isn't like defeat. You can decide whether or not you want to take Advil or not. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, I don't care. So well, actually,
0: Advil is definitively. It is. It, I don't know, know it has
1: to be a <laughs> leave or it has to be, uh has to be, uh, etc. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's fun just as a side note. Remember, my Do you have, have my in the States? Uh,
0: yeah, we have
1: my doll. My is just Advil, but they uh, they they marketed it for a PMS and it like. It's the, literally the same drug and they're marketing geniuses. They made it the P, the PMS one, so People would buy both. And it's like, it's just ibuprofen anyway. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you know, lots of people believe vaccines are good. Just generally speaking, fair enough. That's their opinion. Um, so a lot of regular secular people that are just like of goodwill, generally speaking, and just are just watching the mainstream media. They're not trying to be a tyrant or something. They just believe that like, Hey man, just, It's a flu shot. Just take the flu shot. What's the big deal? You'll be fine. Don't be one of those conspiracy theorists, blah, 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 blah. Most people think like that are not evil people. They're just not. Some are, but most aren't. So uh, this friend of mine is in that position and his boss, totally reasonable guy. He's just a regular guy who's like, just take the flu shot, dude. Get everyone to take the flu shot. What's the problem here? We can keep the place open longer. Everyone's going to be happy. Great. Uh, So my friend, he just decided, he looked at all the resources we had. And he just had a conversation with his boss and was like, did you know about all these things? And not just from a perspective of, hey, this might not be the safest thing in the world. And that's that's up to me to decide. But secondly, did you know about all these legal things? Like, if you tell me to go around, because this is the way he framed it. It's like, if you tell me to go around and tell these people that in order to work here, they got to have this. Uh, who do you think they're going to sue if something bad happens to them? And uh, it's like, I might not lose the suit, but the point is, I'll have to deal with it. And a lot of employers, they have no idea. They're not even thinking about this. You know, they're just like, you know, it's the hysteria of the whole thing. Um, so we have this resource that people can learn everything they need to know. There are, uh, I, I went through all the, all the different organizations in Canada, different lawyers and different constitutional rights centers and different uh, medical groups and all this kind of stuff. Precedent from other vaccination cases in the past, put it all together. So if your employer is amenable, decent chap, doesn't want to ruffle any feathers, which many are, uh, even just from perspective of insurance. You can just say here, here's this. You can print it off. You can give them stuff. There's where, where also we, an Ameri- American. Where do we one. go for that? Life site. I'll 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 link to it in a sec when I'm done my rant.
0: Okay. Okay. And
1: um, we also have an American one. Uh, our American editor, she put it together. Great. And uh, we have uh, there's a couple things that work similarly in both jurisdictions. They're called notice of liability. So basically. Uh, you give your employer something saying, I will consider this if you take this and you sign all these things saying it's impossible that I'll get hurt. Uh, you can guarantee that it's passed through the trials, which it has until 2023. Uh, basically, it's like sign your life away saying that you guarantee that nothing bad will ever happen to me um, and uh, put your name on it and put the president's name on it. Once you sign that, I'll consider it. No one's going to sign that because that's yeah. legally impossible, right? Um, you're not that's saying great. you're not refusing. You're not refusing. I love it.
0: I love it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like
1: up in the ante. Yeah, I,
0: like yeah. Put me in contact with the the American too, because I, I I'll do that I right now. Love to publish that on One Peter Five as well. Um, we're coming out with uh, Bishop Snyder's uh, coming out with um, interview on One Peter Five tomorrow about his religious yes. exemption, but this covers a lot more of the legal stuff, and that really talks a. I think the religious exemption obviously is is critical, but especially when you're talking to an employer, when you talk that language about a legal the legal implications of what you're doing,
1: that's going to really speak their language. I included it as well. Like uh, I I included uh, Bishop Schneider's, because you know what, even here in Ontario, it's it's very providential that you know. uh, God has placed me here because I can come from the great COVID north and I can say, look, guys, it's not that bad. If I can resist it, so can you. And um, uh, even here, it depends on the institution. Here, I'll put the Canadian one here in the chat and the American one, but it depends on the institution. Um, you know, some places in Ontario, some schools, they're being like, you know, to use the the colloquial term, they're being very Nazi about it in the sense of it's like, you know, it's just impossible restrictions. And you got to get tested like every three days. And it's just nonsense. And you got to have a religious cleric sign the thing and blah, blah, blah. Some schools are saying, just fill out this form stating why your your religious beliefs say you can't. And then we're just going to stick that in a file. (laughs) And then legally, we did our best. You know, because uh, at the end of the day, the legality of this whole thing, what they're trying to balance is. This is the Canadian one. Yeah, there's everything there. And I included Bishop Athanasius Schneiders because, for example, there's a school, Niagara University in Toronto. And uh, there, I just looked, it's one of the ones I looked up. There's others that are similar. Theirs just basically says, fill in why you can't and then tick the box. So in that case, Bishop Schneiders would work because his is just basically a statement saying so-and-so is enrolled in the confraternity of our lady of Fatima. Our confraternity believes that abortion tainted, blah, blah, blah is bad for whatever. And therefore we can't do it the conscience. I know how these organizations work. There's no theological test yet (laughs) in uh, the government. Uh, So they're just saying basically what these places are trying to, they're trying to balance is we can be sued on two angles. On the one hand, because we're in a state of emergency, legally speaking, and because Wexi well, in Ontario, it's ended technically in June. But anyway, um, because we're under this framework, if we don't make it look like we're doing everything to protect the people, then we can be sued for unsafe work environment, and people can say, "I refuse unsafe work." Blah blah blah. On the other hand, if we make someone do something that will harm themselves, that's not part of their contract, we can also be sued. Isn't that fun? So they just want you to give them something. So uh, they're saying. We're sanitizing everything, blah, 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 blah. And we're making sure everybody knows about the mandate, blah, 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 blah. On the other hand, if a person uh, has legitimate freedoms under the various constitutional framework, which exists, at least in in theory, then um, they can't be sued. So if somebody comes and says, hey, why why are those three teachers at the school not vaccinated? They're trying to kill my grandma. What are you talking about? What are you doing here, guys? And you could say, we're doing everything we can. They provided their exemption thing our hands are tied. So they're basically protecting themselves. A lot of employers, they want out of this. They really do. One of the things you can do as an American too, I learned this from Thomas Massey. He's one of the, uh, the great um, congressmen that you guys have. He actually made all the people go to vote for that like $3 trillion stimulus last year and everyone was ticked off at him. Um, uh, they were not supposed to go in. He said, no, I'm, you know, I'm going in. That was during the really crazy part of like late March. And um, he said, if you have the option at a company, And he said, just try this Uh, if you have a 100-person company, right? That's what the mandate's for. What's I can't remember, the the, W99 or whatever it is. Anyway, asked to be a contractor is what he said. So uh, if you're an employee of the company, you're under the mandate. If you're a contractor, you're not. So even uh, if you work in insurance, let's say, and you're part of an office, okay, you can be contracted. And he basically said, uh, everyone should try this. Uh, And you should also present it to your bosses. Let's say you have 106 employees. You could easily contract seven of them. And then therefore, you no longer have 100 employees. You have 99 employees and you have six contractors. Uh, So there's lots of ways around it. And this document here, how Americans can resist coronavirus shot mandates, a comprehensive guide will give you all the information you need. So hopefully it's very helpful. You're muted. You're muted.
0: I was, I was clearing my throat. Um, yes, absolutely. We will definitely have to uh, cover this on 1 Peter 5. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Kennedy. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Father Thomas Buencesco, who is trying to start a traditional Catholic congregation based on Carmelite spirituality in Kerala, Kerala India is the traditionally Christian region of India this is the place um this is the area of the Saint Thomas Christians yep. uh, let me just put this on the map because we've been learning our geography uh, on on this show recently regarding uh, <laughs> regarding Australia yep. and how about some how about some Indian geography this morning I have the tip right there so we have uh okay so Kerala is right here on the southern uh, state here, Southern state of India, uh, Kerala. Uh, if you can see this right here, this is the, this is the whole state. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the region of the St. Thomas Christians and father Thomas is in the chat this morning and he says, uh, many want to go abroad as there are no traditional Catholic communities in our state due to vaccine policy. They are unable. He says, I don't get good support from SSPX India. I was a Nova Ordo common priest as I became Traditional Catholic, they dispensed mm. me. I was suspended. Now I wish to start a center, as a first step. Mm. So uh, we want to. We'll offer up our Paternoster at the end here for Father Thomas and his efforts in the the great state of Kerala, India. Uh, and uh, there are a few Indians that um, I know follow this show, and I've never I've never seen Father Thomas on the show. But I just wanted to highlight his efforts. Uh, we certainly support uh, Catholics across the world. And it's always a joy to connect with our brethren in other places. Oh, we're all struggling under the COVID 1984 Brave New World Order. Yeah. So um, we we should give thanks for the, the, the suffering that we endure uh, in this problem. Let's see. Um, oh, yes. Uh, TRN slash, this is another, this is one of the Indians that, um, forgive me, I'm not sure if this is a male or a female, but uh, TRN slash says, I'm from Kerala and I'm from the Latin Rite. So, yeah, I believe that there's the, um, uh, what was the, I think it's the Syriac Rite is actually yeah. the male. I'm sorry. Thank you.
1: Um, there's, slash- a mal- there's a Syro Malambar and Sila uh, Malankara. There's different ones there, right? Yeah, and I believe that their, their liturgical language is
0: Syriac. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, but they have a particular liturgy and apostolic rite that goes back to St. Thomas. Uh, so it's a very it's very uh, interesting history there. Um, so thank you. Uh, shout out to our Indian brethren in Kerala. Um, but this is uh, brings us to our topic. Um, I I wanted to ask you, Kennedy. So mm-hmm. the, the Catholic Church. Speaking of all the true diversity, this is something I talked about with Von Radio. It's like um, we actually, you know, we want to talk about diversity and tolerance or whatever. The Catholic Church has already been there, done that on all those topics that they want to create this, whatever, multicultural, we actually know how to do multiculturalism properly in terms of actually uh, sustaining an an individual ethnicity and individual Mm -hmm. people, preserving their culture and transforming their culture. But one of the great things about being Catholic is that there are so many different forms of spirituality. So Mm -hmm. example, Father Thomas was just talking about the Carmelite spirituality, Um, I was very much into, when I was going to become a monk, I was was very much into Benedictine spirituality. And there's all these different spiritual schools, which really connect with different people, whether that's in different ethnicities or in just different temperaments, different, uh, just different people's personalities and things like that. Um, And Kennedy, I was wondering, since your reversion, have you come to sort of identify as any particular spirituality. Um, some people like join the third order Dominicans or whatever. Are you um, a part of anything in particular, would you say?
1: No, I'm not part of, I, I I'm not part of anything in particular. I, when I came in back into the church, <laughs> uh, it was actually with a bunch of charismatics. Can you imagine me charismatics? Um, never got the gift of tongues though. And it was Bible thumping,
0: snake handling
1: uh, uh, it's not in quite the
0: files is what he was doing
1: not for lack of effort but uh <laughs> but yeah I just yeah I, I mean listen i i joke a little bit but the charismatics uh obviously well this is the thing when you go to a Nova of parish and there's no tradition and you're just looking for people to take it seriously the charismatics are usually the only ones getting it seriously <laughs> um and and uh you know in fairness um it's kind of a joke like I have friends that went to Steubenville you know and uh, there, I mean this in the sense of, I don't mean to be denigrating here, but there's a Protestant, uh, not mentality, but Protestant uh, almost uh, strategy you know, with the church planting. It's almost as if the Steubenville grads go and they do like, they do like charismatic planting in parishes, you know, like they go around and they try to start things and that's kind of how they're trained. Fine, for better or for worse, that's what they decided to do. So I was charismatic, uh, you know, associated, I guess. Um, but I never really, I, I could never really adopt the spirituality. Just, I just, uh, I didn't, it's not that I disbelieve in the gifts and things. I just was, I wasn't, I'm not the kind to be psychologically, uh, confused, I guess. I mean, not, not, not to say that I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm perfect, but so I just, it was like, okay, I mean, if this whole tongues thing and stuff is real, like it's just going to happen. And it's going I just had this, I, I under, I had this understanding that it would be gratuitous if it was a real thing, you know? So I never really, I didn't have to start mumbling and pretending that I was speaking tongues to fit in. And then, um, but I always had a traditional uh, feeling in my gut. I remember when I was, I'd recently reverted and I was sitting in a, I was carpooling with some ladies who I was working at the elementary school with. And they were talking about what their favorite mass would be if they could go to any of them. And they said, oh, they love the folk mass. Like, literally, it was kind of a, I love the whole, you know, whatever. And uh, I just said, out of nowhere, I was like, you know, I want to just go to mass in, like, a cave with with, ch- with monks and chanting in Latin. Like, I just, I didn't, I didn't been to Latin mass. I just knew in my bones, I'm like, that's just where I want to be. And they kind of laughed. Oh, Kennedy, oh, you're funny. And uh, so then I found Opus Day, which will ruffle feathers. Uh, but uh, I couldn't okay. join. I couldn't join. I just couldn't. It was... okay. I just, I, but I mean, when you're in the, in the Nova Sordo, you're trying to find tradition. They've got lace, they've got cassocks, they've got, uh, Spanish accents usually because they're Spanish. Uh, so they pronounce Latin. Well, uh, they've got benediction. They've got a very traditional aesthetic to the whole thing. And we so like
0: Spanish too. We're all we about do. hispanidad over yeah. here at Catholic.
1: Well, that was something too, is I, my Spanish degree is, is, was part, part of what brought me back. And so, uh, I sort of tried that for like a year. I just went to the, the meetings and stuff and it was definitely something, uh, considering then it was sort of where I was, there was nothing. Um, but then I just, uh, I, I have a friend who their family became traditional SSPX, et cetera, like when they were teenagers and, uh, his, his argument, or he basically says the rosary makes you traditional. You know, he's like, if you just are devoted to the rosary, eventually you'll find tradition uh in some way or another which i think is true in my experience at the fatima center as well many of the supporters of the fatima center are Nova ordo but they're all traditional in their hearts and they just they've always been traditional devotions and stuff and catechisms and they just you know they just don't have access to liturgy and uh so i just kept praying the rosary kept praying the rosary kept praying the rosary and then eventually it was just like i had to go somewhere and and uh I had that spark, like many people do, went to the Latin Mass. So, I've devoted, to, I, I've d- debated joining the Third Order of the SSPX. Um,
0: oh, just like as a brother of the SSPX, or, or they have order. a Third Order
1: for for yeah. lay people, and um, right. basically just daily prayers, and and then cool. once a month you go to a recollection thing, and and uh, that sort of thing. I'm not sure though. I just, uh, I, I that'll probably be something maybe one day. But if I had to encapsulate my spirituality, it's just the Rosary. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, that's all uh, that's can't go wrong with that. I, I, uh, I didn't know that they had a, a third order SSPX. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. And so, and if you were, have never heard of the third order, essentially there's a third order of a lot of different, there's like third yeah. order Franciscan, third order Dominican. Um, there's a third order SSPX, which is essentially the lay lay people, how lay people can get connected with a particular order.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and there's, um, Let's see. The Carmelite spirituality. This is an excellent text. Divine intimacy. This is by a Carmelite. I've definitely, I've definitely loved this. Um, and um, Montfortian spirituality, Through mm-hmm. devotion to Mary. Definitely um, uh, going through the consecration. Uh, but I, the reason I ask that, Kennedy, is because I, I feel like I'm finally beca- sort of identifying with a particular spirituality. And that is the spirituality of the Passionist Order, mm. uh, which is, is a lesser known order. It was founded by Saint Paul of the Cross. And he was an Italian uh, who died, uh, I think, around 1800. But um, it, the Passionist spirituality is basically a devotion to the Passion of Christ. Mm. And it's in everyone's, everyone's, devoted to the passion of Christ, more or less, especially in the Western right. Uh, in the East, there's not as much, a, a there's a different spirituality regarding the resurrection and things like that. But in the West, there's always been a great devotion and love for the passion of Christ, and the cross of Christ. Uh, but the Passionist Order essentially um, kind of just takes that to the next level, I guess. What's interesting about St. Paul of the Cross, and it's a subject for another show, but St. Paul of the Cross, as an Italian... He prayed for 50 years for the conversion of England. uh, And he he would offer his communions for England, which is very interesting because what happens is the Passionist Order gets imbued with this love of the cross and then this love for the conversion of England Mm -hmm. in, in Italy. So he never actually goes to England, to my knowledge. But some of his disciples catch the same zeal of its founder and the passionist order gets established in England um, very soon after the emancipation in 1830 hmm. by Daniel O'Connell. Um, let's see. It was so that 1831 in Eng- the English lady, Mrs. Louisa Spencer met a uh, passionist priest in Rome and eventually succeeded in creating the Passionist Order in England in 1842. And the Passionist Order was fundamental in converting John Henry Newman. Hmm. And so there's these connections with this conversion of England. And I think that it's not it's not um, it's, I think there's a there's a providential work here because the, the, the love of the passion goes against the fundamental English and ultimately American and ultimately global at this point. False spirituality, which is the economy of effeminacy, which is this this false uh, psychology, gospel of psychology, gospel of feelings, because the Passionist Order is all about suffering. It's all about uh, the passion of Christ and the imitation of the passion of Christ, Um, and that cuts right at the heart of this false gospel that has been it's really the whole Anglican, uh, the whole Anglican poison since Henry the Eighth, and we're uh, we're actually talking with Vande Radio because Vande Radio is a Londoner. Mm-hmm. We're talking with him, uh, recording a show this Thursday about um, the English soul, and really uh, this this English disease. Really, because England is, is such a great Catholic country historically, but the the corruption of the best is the worst, and so we have this corruption by the devil. Of England, which has spread throughout the world. And it, in my, my humble opinion, I think that God has chosen the Passionist Order for a special purpose in this whole milieu of the English and American empires that have corrupted the world in a great degree. So the book that's really struck me is this text right here, which is reprinted by Tan. It's called The School of Jesus Crucified... By Father Ignatius of the Side of Jesus, Passionist. So, this is the text is originally uh, published in uh, 1895. And then it's um, that I think that was the English translation in in, uh, 1895. Uh, The great uh, Cardinal Manning gave it his imprimatur back in those days. But, but this text is um, it's a 30 day meditation on the Passion. So, every single day you have a new. So it starts with jesus takes his leave from his blessed mother day two jesus is sold by scooters jesus, jesus day three prayer of jesus to the guardian and it goes through all the points of the passion until day 31 jesus dies on the cross and his side is wounded by a spear so you go through mm-hmm. each of these days of the passion and you meditate every single day on the passion so you're going through the passion every single month uh so this is this has been what i've really connected with spiritually uh so once again this is not not everyone, you know, everybody has their own spirituality, um, but this is what I have come to know and love personally. And I do believe there is, at least on a, on a basic level, there is a, a recovery of the cross, a recovery of the mentality of the cross and suffering um, that needs to be recovered in Catholic uh, the whole Catholic milieu, the whole Catholic spirituality, whatever your spirituality is, there needs to be a recovery of the phrase, offer it up. The mm-hmm. phrase, uh, carry your cross and to love suffering because we've become so uh, effeminate. This is, this is our, this is our whole shtick. Me and Kennedy is, uh, effeminacy is a plague that must be destroyed as Kennedy writes in his book, terror of demons, which is out reprinted by tan and a, few weeks right is it isn't yeah. in october yeah october uh, is november week.
1: november second i think is. Oh, november
0: date. okay so so um uh this yeah this is what uh very much kennedy's book terror of demons talks a lot about um and my book city of god has heard it versus city of man talk a lot about it as well um so this is what i've come to know and love spiritually and i think that uh, Catholics have just lost this very much, the, even the basics, not just this particular spirituality, but just the basics of loving, suffering, and offering
1: up. And um, as, as you were saying that, I forgot to mention when you said it was uh, Father Ignatius. Uh, the whole time in my own spiritual life, I've had an Ignatian devotion that's been very underlying of everything. Um, it's, it's just the Jesuits, so what a tragedy, but St. Ignatius was so incredible. And um, I didn't know this until very recently. The underlying spirituality of the order of the priests of the SSPX is actually Ignatian. Um, they go through the spiritual exercises as part of their formation. And the the uh, retreats and the third order, they all follow the spiritual exercises in a modified form. Um, and I have found that I love the Ignatian contemplation method of prayer and and reading the Bible and so forth, because for someone like myself, especially who's an author and, and I'm always thinking in stories and stuff, uh, there's something about that method of prayer and thinking, I guess, meditation, that um, it, it really fits the way that my mind works in the first place. Um, so I totally forgot the whole time there was a thread of Ignatius. someone had introduced me to Ignatian contemplation sometime, like early on in my journey. And it was just something that always fit. So, no matter where I was kind of going with things, if I wanted to, I would just sort of do it that way. And, and, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, the state of the Jesuits is definitely alarming. Um, but the spirituality of St. Ignatius of Loyola is as, is as, um, necessary as ever. And, it's also, it's a, it's, a, it's a remedy for Protestant errors. That's that's one of the reasons why it exists um, because it's very incarnational, it's very tactile. It's very, it, it, it takes away the, uh, it helps you make sense of your emotions essentially. You know, you're not just going with the feeling and then there's your Wesleyan sort of mentality. It's, we're going to contemplate these things and really make them become alive and see them in three dimensional reality um, in the mind's eye sort of thing. Um, to truly understand the fullness of them. And um, that's something, you know, I'm not very good at mental prayer. I need to get better. A priest preached on it yesterday. I was like, okay, Father, fine. And um, so, uh, but that's one of the ways that you can practice mental prayer is by picking up an Ignatian. Uh, and, and and Ignatian, the nice thing about Ignatian spirituality, and this is probably providential why it became such a missionary thing, is um, the idea of Ignatian contemplation. It's, let's call it this way, it's 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 intra intra-spiritual like i mean you could you can you could be a, a passionist you could be a carmelite you can be a dominican or whatever but that method of prayer um there's not really a theology behind it it's more of a method so you can apply it to you can apply it to different uh ways of of uh of spirituality without any issue i don't think
0: yeah this is this text here that i have the this is the print that i have of the spiritual exercises it's from the um vintage spiritual classics published by um uh, vintage books uh i and i, I yeah i love the um <clears throat> the points of mental prayer that ignatius has so like the mysteries of the life of the lord mm-hmm. and then it has and th- these are great for the rosary because i mean when you do this mental prayer when you do mental prayer on one of the 15 mysteries it, it really illuminates your your rosary as well because um he has these first point second point third point I love that because because you just your mental prayer, you get all go over the place and then you can just go right back to this point, which is where he just he just has like one scripture or one aspect of the mystery where he just it's like one or two sentences. That's great. I love that. Um, But uh, the regarding the rosary, uh, I wanted to talk to you about um, suffering and the sorrowful devotions um, because at living most of my life as a Protestant, there, there'll be a how old am I going to be when I when I've been more a Catholic than a Protestant? Um, 2013, man, I, I wasn't Catholic until 2013. That's a long time. <laughs> I got a long way to go before I can say I've been more Catholic than Protestant. But right now I've been more Protestant than Catholic most of my life. And the Protestant spirituality is essentially either intellectualism or emotionalism which is an overall spirituality of feeling good. It's a feeling good emotion. And not all spirit Protestant spiritualities are, but uh, even, at least the popular ones today are this way. And so you either ha- you, you go to a Protestant service and you have uh, an intellectual sermon where you learn a bunch of stuff so you feel like you're growing spiritually because you learn stuff. Uh, and then you have an emotional sing-along which where you feel emotional, warm fuzzies. And so then you feel like you're spiritually growing because you feel good in your emotions. And both of those are false. Obviously, you're not actually spiritually growing unless you overcome sin and obtain mm-hmm. virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's in particular, what's really fascinating to me is that in all the, I, I have a great experience with Protestantism. I've I've traveled, some of the world with Protestants and find out about Protestants across the world, Protestants, all sorts of Protestant denominations. And none of them really seem to have a spirituality of suffering and sorrowing Mm -hmm. Uh, because when they experience suffering and sorrowing, they basically try to just ignore it, uh, suppress it, uh, not face it somehow. And so when they experience suffering and sorrowing, which every man, woman, and child experiences in their life, they just don't know what to do. And so their religion, their heresy, does not uh, even allow them to deal with these things. And which is really tragic because, you know, I, I feel for my separated brethren, wish that they would uh, find that fullness in Catholicism so they can actually deal properly with their su- suffering and sorrow. Um, but we as Catholics, we have the equipment to deal with suffering and sorrowing. We have these sorrowful devotions. We have the sorrowful mysteries. We have the devotion to the seven sorrows of Our Lady. We have Our Lady of Sorrows. This is the month of Our Lady of Sorrows. Yep. Um, why, what, so, Kennedy, what, what do you think is, um, what is so great about this Catholic spirituality of uh, sorrow? And why is that important? What do you think? Uh,
1: Well, it's interesting. I've been reading my children, the Little House on the Prairie series. (laughs) Uh, What does that have to do with Catholic spirituality? Well, it's funny. If people have watched the show, uh, yeah, there's some hard times, but nothing compares to when you read those books. It's like, oh my goodness, the amount of suffering that the, I know it's fictionalized, but it's basically a sort of fictional version of what she went through in her life. And um, my goodness gracious, the suffering in that, in the way of life of people, up until basically advent of air conditioning <laughs> um you know like we're talking uh especially pioneers and things and then um it relates to both of our countries because through all the political noise there was great heroism and courage and and virtue and etc and all these people who founded the countries and you know i mean um went to the the frontier where there was no cultivation, et cetera. I mean, we're talking about like plagues of locusts and grasshoppers and like you wouldn't have crops for like three years and getting lost in blizzards and, and uh, malaria. There was malaria in North America, by the way, there was malaria in, in, until like a hundred years ago. And it was common in, in the Midwest and in Alberta and places like that. So the amount of suffering that people went through all the bloody time was just remarkable and That doesn't mean there wasn't lots of joy, clearly, but there was a lot of suffering, and uh, obviously that keeps you grounded, okay? So I think there was sort of, especially today, I think it's so necessary that we recapture this sorrowful uh, devotion, because back in the day, it was normal. I mean, you know, even my, my dad's family, my dad is 70, and his mother was... Was a faithful Catholic. She had six children. One of them, she had seven. One of them died as an infant. How rare is it today where children die as an infant? It's very rare, statistically speaking. Um, It happened all the time, even sixty years ago, seventy years ago in uh, Canada. And so, but this reality of suffering would keep you grounded. It would keep you grounded to the fact that this life is not your home. That things are eternal. That there is an afterlife. That there are decisions that you have to make now. And if you don't make the right ones, then things could end up pretty hot at the end. And that's completely gone. It's 100% gone, and this is why we've had the lockdowns. This is why we have a, a society of child sacrifice because, you know, sacrifice the kids and, and inject them and mask them and whatever, because we have no concept that we should suffer for something good. This is why Jordan Peterson was so uh, famous for so long, is he basically told people to suffer. It was, it was really, really, really what he told them. He just basically said, go suffer and sacrifice and do something hard for the, for the good. And um, that's been lost on our society, and the church has always known that this is at and that Christ knew this obviously because his his, his, his his claim to fame obviously it solves a lot of suffering, and um, when we've since we've lost this daily and consistent reminder that suffering is a very real thing, when it finally does hit us, whether it was real or imagined isn't the point. But when the pandemic did start. All of a sudden, people were faced with this idea that they were going to suffer, and what happened? Everyone just retreated. They wanted. They did everything they possibly could to avoid any suffering. You know. I. You know. Uh, one of the things you keep talking when you talk to people about it. I remember reading this uh, article in, in the one of the news things, and there was like a thirty-year-old guy I tried to use him as an example of you know don't be a you know don't be one of those crazy yahoos and go out and get sick. Or you're going to kill everybody, and um, the whole story was basically. I wasn't taking this seriously, whatever that means. So I was going to a bunch of parties. Then I got sick and I was in the hospital for 48 hours. And man, was it rough. I had like a headache and I was sick and I was sweating and I had a fever and they had to put me in an IV. It's like, so you lived? But the whole article was, man, he really suffered for like 48 hours. It was really bad. It was two days where it was like, oh, that guy's pretty sick. I'm thinking, how, how uh, awful are we as a people? <laughs> we are using the fact that a 30-year-old man... Felt really sick for two days. And by the way, it said he was partying all the time. So maybe the IV, he was dehydrated from drinking. But, uh, you know, basically it's like he's going to live. He did live. Almost everybody lives. But the reason why we have to shut down is because it's really hard. That's the whole crux. We are living through a moment. We are living through the evidence that a society that does not know how to suffer is a society that doesn't know how to be sane. That, say that again, please. We're living through that evidence that a society that does not know how to suffer doesn't know how to be sane. Now, yes, in the past, Canada and America uh, founded largely by Protestants, in the especially in the West, and they didn't have a theology of suffering, but they lived in a reality of suffering.
0: Yeah, they, they were connected to reality. So suffering is the reality of life. And yeah. if you're so insulated from
1: suffering, you are insulated from reality. Yeah, so Sure, you might have been a Protestant and had a Wesleyan mentality or something, and give let's give let's give all fairness to the uh, to the Baptists. They have a, a they have a, a if 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 spirituality could be a a cup of coffee, they have a uh, iced a iced black coffee. <laughs> that's that's the that's the that's the that's the Calvinist mentality. Um, so I think that part of was part of it too, the idea of being the elect. And um, that this that, that living the blessed life was almost like, you know, proof of grace was 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 prosperity in a sense. I think there's I think there's a reality there. So I think they were able to make sense of what they were going through because it was it was uh, seen as this sort of destiny, I guess. But even if you have a Protestant mentality, um, but you believe the Bible, I mean, you still believe that God makes good things out of evil. That's just a basic kind of concept. You still believe that like uh what you're receiving as long as you're the elect must be some sort of blessing for your growth. Okay. So I think there was still, because they were tethered to suffering as a daily potential potentiality and believed in the Bible. I think it was easy enough for them to look at themselves like the Israelites and going through mm-hmm. slavery and this, sort of, I think I get why, but once that was gone, the residual sanity of suffering left. And again, We now live in a society where 99 point whatever, whatever the numbers are. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Pretty much everybody's going to be fine, uh, but we can't suffer. So what we do is we inflict suffering. This is how how ridiculous we are. We inflict suffering on the most vulnerable. We inflict suffering on the poor who have to go to work and do their essential jobs. We inflict suffering on the children. And by the way, this is a long tangent, but um, in my opinion, we're living through uh, we're living through an instantiation of contraceptive mentality in society because what have we done to our children? We've done to our children what we've all, what we all did to our children before we had them. And what I mean is, uh, it's different than abortion. Abortion is the termination. Contraception is the delay. So when you talk to people about, Hey, you know, like there's this article, this kid, this poor kid in the city I used to live in, he's a high school quarterback. He missed last season. We didn't have any sports last year in high schools in Ontario. Um, you know, works hard. He's like a rising star. Going to go play university football. This is grade 12, or I think he might've come back for a fifth year. He's not allowed to play because the school board decided he had to double jabbed in order to play as an 18 year old. And uh, everyone's just like, uh. like, I mean, some people are like, that's a shame. I'm thinking you morons, have you lost your mind to the point where you're just like this, the, my, my, these ups, these grown ups sitting in rooms together. Well, probably not. They're six feet apart. And they're able to sleep at night knowing that they've decided that an 18-year-old kid, and everyone knows how fragile these kids are today. Maybe maybe they commit suicide. I mean, these things happen. I know of a kid who commits suicide during the lockdown because basically hockey was taken away from him. That's not good that hockey was his idol, but that shouldn't have been taken away from him because it wasn't justified as the point. You shouldn't have put that extra stressor on him that he shouldn't have had. That's the fault of the grownups. It's not his fault, generally speaking. And they're willing to do that to these kids. They're willing to take away, can, can, can a grownup can, can, in, the, in the education system, can there be a grownup in the room? Can, can you remember what it was like to be a 16-year-old kid, a 17-year-old kid, and your life is upside down and whatever. Yep. Maybe you don't have, it's crazy. And the things that keep you going and give you purpose. They're those things that you've looked forward to your whole life, and you don't have a, and you know you don't have a an ability to make sense of those things without those things. If I didn't have high school football, I might have been arrested. I mean, seriously. I mean, think of the aggressive yeah. little young boy. So uh, this is contraception because what is contraception in a mentality and a psychology is you recognize that there's a fundamental reality that's at the crux of human existence. It's the thing that brings you into existence. It's literally the mm-hmm. most foundational reality is the sexual intercourse between man and woman, not to, not to Freudianize things, but it it is the reality. You exist because it happened. Okay. So you make the decision to deny that that's the case yet you want to have that thing without the consequences. So then what you decide to do is you decide to flip the natural order upside down and put yourself at the top of it and say, I will be the arbiter of who lives and who doesn't. That's what it is. And then you decide that you can justify the potential of your children which you're denying for the time being in order that you will live the life that you want to live for the goals that you think are most important. So by definition, a contraceptive society puts adults first and children second. That's what it does. And it delays any of the potential for children to be born. And it also delays their potential to act in society by not allowing them to be born. So when you get to the point where adults are faced with something scary, they have already decided, even if they already have kids, this is why people will put their kids in schools that they know are bad for them and say, well, what am I supposed to do? What do you mean? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to get your kids out and you're supposed to suffer in order. They don't have to go to that school anymore. And um, this is what's happening right now is we're not aborting society. We're contracepting it because what they're saying is, well, if the kids will be all right. I mean, just two or three years. I mean, they'll be fine. Like we just, we don't want grandma to die. Yeah. And let's just happening.
0: experiment on the kids so we can be,
1: and delay them again it's 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 a cramping of their growth that's what it is and we're saying well you know yes you know junior whatever but if he misses grade eleven and grade twelve football and then and then never plays I can't believe there hasn't been more kickback from the uh university athlete uh, directors to be honest because I'm just thinking from a perspective of like a program and uh the 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 dip in skill level that you'll have for like two years there. That's a big deal anyway. So um man it's just it boils my blood and i heard about this kid who's not gonna be he's that star quarterback won't be able to play and it's like you bastards
0: yeah uh it's so hard to be a kid these days yeah it's so difficult for k through 12 kids it's so difficult i mean half of them have divorced parents in the first place uh so they're already have this internal struggle with themselves because children are abused when their parents are divorced because de- little Johnny believes that mommy is rejecting part of himself because yeah. he identifies it with his mom and his dad. So when mom rejects dad and dad rejects mom, they're actually rejecting part of Johnny's heart. And mm-hmm. so Johnny's actually struggling with his own self identity because his parents are divorced. Yeah. And that's what we've been experimenting on children for decades now at that point. Yeah. And we have the annulment crisis in the Catholic church today. everybody, Everybody's focusing on the unborn Holocaust as they should, but they 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 miss the annulment crisis that is happening in the Catholic Church. Catholics are divorcing the same amount as uh, as, pro- as non Catholics. Uh, I think that's this is exactly uh, perfect perfect um, uh, p- perfect words here, Kennedy. Because um, and this is really the liberal program yeah. since the American empires and the British empires and the French empire and everybody adults first children second, because when you're killing your heritage, you're killing your heritage and you're saying, we're going to make something new. We're going to kill our fathers and we're going to kill our culture and create some new culture. We're killing our children at the same time because we're, we're, we're destroying their own heritage, destroying them. I mean, people used to sacrifice, everything for their kids. Yeah. They used to be still definitely children first, um, children first, adults second. Um, It made me think of um, here's the sword and spade magazine. Excellent. uh, Catholic man's magazine from Jason Craig. He says this um, again, to your point, Kennedy about um, the reality. He says, not only are there philosophical and even theological errors that deny the truth of reality, But the sheer force and omnipresence of the manufactured disconnects us from reality. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how uh, he quotes John Sr. and saying there's everything around us is manufactured or or artificial. Our our clothing, our food is, is artificial. So much of what we do is disconnected with the reality of what you just talked about, the suffering of real life. Uh, I, I, it makes me think of uh, Ecclesiastes 7.3, which is, says this, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. For in that we are in, in put in mind of the end of all, and the living thinketh what is to come. Uh, there is a certain amount of feasting and uh, pleasure which can disconnect us from reality. Mm-hmm. And I think we've definitely built up the economy in our society where we can, uh, they can dangle the carrot in front of us and then just lock us down, mm-hmm. lock out the poor from their uh, from their livelihood or force them to work while everyone just sits in their home watches Netflix. Cast.
1: They've created a caste system. Yeah, it's a
0: caste system. Yeah. So uh, this is why we have to recover suffering because this is mm-hmm. the only way out. the The only way out of so many different aspects of our situation. Uh, Catholics, above all, we need to be suffering. When we hear of uh, people suffering, we need to encourage one another and say, offer it up. You know, we obviously we want to comfort and uh, support our brethren and pray for each other and uh, express compassion for those who are suffering. But we also need to support each other and, and tell each other to offer it up. This is something that I don't see very often uh, when Catholics are talking about suffering or things that have happened to them or things that they're going through, uh, we got to offer it up and we got to uh, embrace the suffering. This is the only way to resurrection is through the cross. We need to embrace the suffering, love the suffering, meditate on the sorrows of our Lord and our lady. Uh, I recommend this book uh, by father Ignatius school of Jesus crucified. I post it on Twitter all the time. So if you follow one Peter five on Twitter, Um, there is, uh, certainly, it's certainly there all the time. Um, let me see if I can grab a prayer here. Well, here there's the, um, let me pray the, the, the prayer to our lady, uh, of sorrows, uh, that'll work and we can, uh, close out here.
1: Um, let me grab the, uh, in the meantime, Pray for the uh, People's Party of Canada, folks, Uh, until next Monday. Next time I see you, next time we see each other, me and Tim together, it'll be the election day. And uh, we actually don't have mail-in ballots and all. I've talked about this. So it actually, (laughs) voting actually matters in Canada, I think. I mean, who knows? But but I think it does. Uh, So... um, there is there are winds of change here in, in a good sense I hope and uh, please pray that uh, it goes in the direction of common sense. yes
0: yeah, so let's let's pray for definitely there, this, thankfully there has been enough suffering inflicted mm-hmm. on people as citizens by these lockdowns that they're willing to actually do something and they're
1: willing to suffer again for the right they're thing
0: willing to suffer to deal yeah. with the suffering. so yeah. uh, yes definitely let, prayers, prayers for Canada. Uh, let's offer up prayers for Canada. Let's pray for Father Thomas in Kerala, India, mm-hmm. and for his efforts. For all of our shout out to our Indian brethren. Last uh, week we talked about our Aussie brethren. Shout out to y'all as well, uh, struggling in New South Wales and in Victoria as well, especially under the brave new world in Australia. Uh, but let's pray. This is so. This is a a prayer from Father Ignatius of that from that book, um, and this is a prayer to Our Lady of Sorrows. And so we'll end up. End this uh, broadcast with this prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Most afflicted mother of grace and mercy, by that great love which induced thee to assist with unshaken firmness at the foot of the cross, at the last agony of thy beloved Son, and by all the sufferings there endured by thy virginal heart, I beseech thee to assist me with thy special patronage, at the hour of my death that so through thy assistance i may die the death of the just and come happily to enjoy in heaven the fruit of the wounds of jesus i redeemer in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen, amen.